I'll try to get through my uh, seven-page message in, uh, in 45 minutes. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> I'm lying. It's not nearly that long. <laughs> Uh, how about less than two pages? <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Love having a good time in the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> bow your heads with me and let's get into uh, a word of prayer before the word. Father God, we just thank you for you. We thank you, Father God, for your grace, your mercy, your loving kindness. We thank you, Father God, for your presence. We thank you, Father God, that you change not, that you are faithful, that we can rely on you. And we thank you, Father, that you love us. Father, we just thank you for the service so far, Lord. Uh, we've really been ministered to. It's an honor, Father God, to fellowship with the people of God and to, and to really experience the presence of God. And, Father, I just ask for your grace. I ask, Father God, for your continued grace uh, as the speaker today, Lord God, to share your word and that every heart is open uh, to receive, Father God, and put into action the word that is shared today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to speak this morning on the subject of uh, courage that conquers fear. Courage that conquers fear. There is a famous quote by Franklin Delano Roosevelt the 32nd president of the United States, in which he said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And the not, not often uh, portion of that quote, not, not often quoted portion of that quote is, it goes on to say, nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. Fear can oftentimes keep us from doing the things that need to be done that enable us to advance, make progress, not only in the natural but also in the spiritual. There is also a German proverb that says, fear makes the wolf bigger than he is. Y'all hear me? Sometimes fear makes the problem bigger than it actually is. Fear makes the opponent bigger than he actually is. Fear makes the situation bigger than it actually is. If fear is a universal problem, it's not just a every few people problem. It is one of the oldest and strongest of human emotions. Fear 
It's such an overwhelming emotion. It is mentioned in Scripture over 900 times. From Genesis to Revelations, words like fear, afraid, tremble, terrified, faint, dread, and frightened are used to describe people. And many of those times, the people being described were the ones called by God. And every time... When overcome by fear, the people of God did or said stupid things, pardon my French, that resulted in negative consequences for themselves. For example, making the golden calf when Moses met with God for 40 days on the mount. They were fearful. We don't know what's become of him. He may not ever return. We need a God. We need you to make something. Fear caused them to make an idol. Is that true? Uh, 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 when they sent uh, spies into the promised land to spy it out, two came back with a good report, ten came, by, came back and said, we're like grasshoppers in our own eyes. There's no way. They're giants over there, and they're men of war. There's no way we can stand against them. Fear made the people of God decide, you know what? I think we're better off going back to bondage, that place full of oppression, that face, that place full of bondage, rather than go into the promised land that God gave them. Are you with me? Think about that. Wanting to return to abusive and oppressive Egypt rather than go into the promised land to take possession of it with God on their side. It makes no sense. To, the, to our minds, does it? It makes no common sense, yet that's what fear will do to us. Is it no wonder Jesus, boy, he was the most animated when his disciples allowed fear to cloud their judgment. When, he allowed, when they allowed fear to cause them to move in doubt instead of in faith. Uh, turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. It says, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And Moses is talking there. And I'm going to tell you something. It's not necessarily thus says the Lord, uh, 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 the word of God, but this is what I draw from it. I don't believe Moses is saying that we should absolutely have a zero percent fear. Absence, total absence of fear. I believe he is telling Joshua, don't let fear get control of you. Don't allow yourself to be dictated to by fear. Do not permit yourself to be overwhelmed by fear. But Moses doesn't just tell Joshua not to be afraid. He arms him with the knowledge 
that one, let's look at 31 verse 8 again. He arms him with the knowledge that one, the Lord goes before him. Two, the Lord will be with him. And three, the Lord will not leave him or forsake him. So Moses gave Joshua three truths he could use to conquer fear when it rises up and tries to establish a stronghold in his soul. Do y'all get that? Every man, woman, boy, or girl in this building will face fear. If you haven't, give it time. The issue is not whether we'll face it. The issue is whether we, uh, not whether we will deal with it or, 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 or be confronted with it. The issue is whether we'll have the courage to stand and do what needs to be done in the face of it. Or whether we'll allow it to dictate to us what we will and will not do. Does that make sense? Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to be surprisingly quick today. Maybe I can take some extra time. I didn't get an amen on that. So y'all want extra time. All right. Y'all encourage me. Joshua chapter 1, starting at the first verse. Or verses 1 through 9. And it goes, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
God basically told Joshua the same thing that Moses said to him earlier, right? Except God added a little bit to it. He said, have courage, courage that conquers fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Why shouldn't I be Lord? Son, because you got me. I'm on your side. When fear tries to take a grip on you, remind yourself that I am with you, that I am for you, that I go before you. That the presence of God Almighty is with you wherever you go. And you will have good success because I am with you, says the Lord. Amen? I'm full of quotes today. I couldn't put them down. Uh, I don't know. uh, Marty may be aware of him or whatever, but... uh, Uh, There's a quote from a Lieutenant John B. Putnam, Jr., highly decorated member of the U.S. Air Force during World War II. So he goes back away. He's a young man. He died as a young man in service to his country. He lived only 23 years. But he, he, he gave a quote that is still referenced to this day. He said, courage is not the absence of fear, but the ability to face it. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the ability to face it. So when God is telling Joshua, be strong and of a good courage, in the face of those things that would make many men cower, be strong, be courageous, stand in the one Who's got your back? Though your knees be quaking a little bit, though you be a little unsure of whether or not you can take that next step, remember that you're not doing it in your own strength. You're not doing it in your own abilities. You're doing it in obedience to the one who called you, to the one who created you, to the one who's the author and finisher of your faith. Take that step in faith, in courage, saying, my God is with me. Sink or swim, live or die. He's with me, and, I, and in him I have the strength to face the obstacle that is before me. Amen? There's another quote. It says, courage is not the absence of fear. Rather, it is the judgment that something else is more important than fear. You know what? I think about mothers and their children. You know, there could be a guy my size, and you can have this five foot two mother. And normally, she'd probably be afraid to challenge me. But if I was to mess with mama's baby, all of a sudden, something is more important than fear. You hear me? <laughs> you know, uh, mama's not caring how big I am, how tall I am, how strong I am. I'm messing with mama's baby, and now she has something more important than fear motivating her. Amen? 
And I'm sure that there are many of the great heroes of faith in the Bible that we've referenced all, all the time that may have dealt with that. There may have been the temptation for fear to overtake them, but they viewed the command of God. They viewed the will of God. They viewed the way of God more important than fear. They viewed knowing God and and, and drawing closer to God and walking with God more important than the fear that confronted them. Does that make does that make sense? Am I just talking out of my, out of the side of my neck? And I think, you know, I'm going to kind of go off, off book here a little bit. But the word coward, cowardice, you know, again, cowardice doesn't mean you're, it doesn't mean you're a coward because you are afraid. If, you, if there was no fear, then how could there be courage? Amen. So fear is going to be present. Cowardice is what happens when fear drives you to inaction or action that's contrary to what you know is right. All right, does that make sense? From the moment that we are little, you know, you hear, hey, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Well, in most situations, that are new to you, you know, uh, I cannot only imagine, I can't even remember being this little, but little babies first learning to walk, you know, that's got to be, that's got to be a little fearful experience, doesn't it? When you first get out to public speaking, can any of you remember the first time you had to speak in front of a crowd? I mean, I was sweating bullets before I even uttered a word. My first sermon, Lord have mercy. And I was in a church that everybody knew me and loved me. I mean, this I had no reason to be afraid, but goodness gracious, man, that was an intimidating uh, experience. I must have mispronounced every other name, every other uh, word in the Bible. I I remember one time, Gethsemane, I pronounced Gethsemane. I was, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I had a hard time, man. I had a hard time. But uh, God got me through it. <laughs> and uh, thank God uh, uh, people love me through it. Um, th- there's, there's a lot of things in life that if it's new to you, it's a new challenge, you're going to be struggling with fear. Uh, oftentimes, as, 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 as people of God, I like reaching out to people. You know, I'm not afraid to get to know people. You know, I'm not afraid to share the gospel with people. What's the worst they can do? No, don't want to hear it. But that is a fear in the church. You know, sharing the gospel. How are people going to view me? Uh, How are people going to react? I don't want to look bad. I don't want to fail. And that fear grips us and it makes us do Contrary to the thing that we know we ought to be doing. It's fear.
being afraid, like I said, doesn't make you a coward. Uh, cowardice is what happens when fear drives you either to inaction or action that is contrary to what you know is right. Example, Peter. I, Peter's one of my favorite guys, man. Um, just because I'm referencing him and I'm going to beat up on him a little bit, but I'm also going to praise him. Uh, I see a little of me and Peter, so uh, Peter gives me hope. <laughs> Amen. But Peter went from denying Jesus to asking to be crucified upside down. What happened to the fear that caused him to deny the Lord three times? Surely the fear didn't just go away. Now, they had just taken Jesus and Jesus was about to be crucified. And Peter was identified by someone in the crowd. You're one of his guys. You're one of the guys. And he denied him three times just like Jesus said he would. What was the thing that gripped him, that got a hold of him, that made him deny what he knew to be true? Fear. And don't laugh at him because you could be that guy, you could be that girl. But we can learn from him. And we all know the story. You know, Jesus was resurrected. Jesus came back to him. Do you love me three times? Feed my sheep. And he told him how he was going to meet his end. And when the time came, Peter didn't beg. He didn't plead. He didn't cower. He had the attitude that, you know what? I'm ready to be sacrificed for my Lord. I'm not even worthy to be crucified like him. Crucify me upside down. I believe fear was still trying to do its job. But there came a time when fear was not a factor. You remember the show Fear Factor? That was one of those kind of twisted pleasures. I used to watch that show. And my wife used to be grossed out like crazy as I had two of my daughters huddled around the television. And we were watching people try to eat stuff you have no business trying to eat. Fear made sure Peter factored it into the equation the first time. And I have no doubt it tried to do it when he ultimately was crucified himself. And look, fear had a lot to work with. The more fear has to work with, the greater chance it has of getting a grip of your soul. Fear had a lot of work to work with with Peter. He was facing crucifixion, and along with it came torture, pain, public ridicule and mockery, scorn, shame, and finally, a horrible death. Fear would have a pretty good chance if I were in that situation. Wouldn't you think fear would have a pretty good chance with you? Give fear that much to work with, and it will eventually break even the strongest among us. Joseph and Mary 
I was talking about this with Christy yesterday when the Lord put that on my heart. Think about this. Now bring this up into today's culture, today's mindset, today's media blitz. Basically what happened here was (laughs) the Lord approached Mary and said, hey, you've been chosen to give birth to the Holy One. Now, what's going, how this is going to work is the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you're going to become divinely pregnant. Even though you've not known a man. And see, I, I, can you imagine what's going through her mind? like, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I can only hide this for so long. Pretty soon the belly is going to be showing. It's, uh, I, I'm not married yet. Uh, so uh, our relationship, me and Joseph's relationship has not been consummated. Yet I'm pregnant. Uh, and my explanation is going to be, you see, uh, the Holy Spirit came down and, <laughs> and, uh, and made this happen. They're, you know, she's probably fearful. They're going to have an extra Big pile of rocks waiting for me. And then Joseph, he finds out, she tells it to him, he's like, yeah, right. And he's confronted with the choice. All right, do I believe her and go with this and look like an idiot? And be that guy that people are whispering about, you know, saying this guy really bought that 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 nonsense story from her that she got pregnant from God. All right. Can you imagine the ridicule? Can you imagine the scorn? Can you imagine the embarrassment? Can you imagine the public shame? And yet, so. Fear had a lot to work with in that situation, yet amazingly, both of them responded in faith to Almighty God. Amen? They did not allow fear to take a hold and take a grip of their soul. They're like, you know what? I may look like a fool. I may be talked about for the rest of my life and beyond. But I really believe this is the work of the Lord. This is God Almighty speaking to me. And you know what? I'll risk public ridicule to obey the lord it comes it sometimes it comes to a point to where you're like you know what i i, I can't think this thing through anymore I, i'm thinking too much did god say it or didn't he do i believe what the word of god says or don't i it, it it's just that simple And Joseph and Mary made the choice that I, I don't, this does not make any sense to me. I've never experienced this kind of, uh, I would have said, nonsense before. But of this I have no doubt. The one who spoke to me was of the Lord. The one who spoke to me was from the kingdom of heaven. And am I going to obey my fears? 
am I going to obey God? And that's the choice that is laid out before us. Here's the problem. While I'm talking about fear, God is seldom further from you than when your heart is filled with fear. Even though, I tell you what, at least it feels that way. God could be right there within your grasp, but if fear grips grips you, he feels a million miles away. And when he feels a million miles away, the way we think, the choices that we make, the decisions that we make are usually not going to be wise decisions. Amen? Ask yourself, do I struggle with fear? Is that the reason I sometimes feel so far from God during those times when I need him the most? Close your eyes. Meditate on that. Ask yourself those questions. Do I struggle with fear? Is that the reason God sometimes feels so far away during those times that I need him the most? King Saul lost a kingdom because of fear. Yeah, he had some other character issues. But when he didn't wait for Samuel before doing that sacrifice, it was motivated out of fear that the battle would start and he wouldn't have and he wouldn't be ready. The antidote for fear As we've read in the passages today, the antidote for fear is the promise of God's presence. I'm going to say that again. The antidote for God, uh, the antidote for fear is God's presence. I want you to go to Psalm 27. The Lord just dropped that in my spirit, and I wanted to make sure I had the scripture reference right. King David, boy, for all his faults, boy, he sure, he sure had it right when it came to the Lord. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh... That's verse 2. Well, he starts off in verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. 
It told you his trust was completely in the Lord. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. In his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high up on a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. I'll go ahead and stop right there. But that's how he comforted himself. In the, in the midst of a situation that would normally bring fear, he comforted himself in the Lord. The Lord will hide me in his pavilion. He will hide me in his secret place. My safety does not come from the strength of my army. It does not come from my muscles, from my intellect, from uh, the big facility that I've built. My comfort, my peace, my confidence comes in the Lord. And when those things that would bring fear with them attempts to come against me, I remind myself I'm not in this alone. My God, the one who will hide me in his pavilion, will keep me secure. So God is always with you. The harder the days get, the more he moves towards you. Sometimes it feels like God is backing away from you when you're going through a hard time, but that's not true. That's your fear lying to you. I'm going to finish with three quick scriptures. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse I'm reading New King, New King James Version, so I'll back up into 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God. Now, in other words, the fact that you are not gripped with fear because of your enemies or adversaries is to them a sign of perdition, but for you, a sign of the salvation that you have from God. Second uh, Timothy 1, verse 7. says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, 
You know, it's not God's will that we be gripped and overcome and, 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 and dictated to and oppressed by fear. It's not God's will that we, that we be worried and full of anxiety all the time. Right? He didn't give that to us. It is God's will that we walk in power and love and sound minds. And I'm going to finish up with Hebrews 13.6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is your helper. Some of you are in worse places than than, than others. And you know what? Maybe you need to hear. Maybe this message is for you. Maybe you are in a place where you're afraid of how things are going to turn out. Uh, You're afraid that things, as bad as they are, are just a breath away from being even worse. Maybe you're listening to the news, listening to the complaints of others, and it's caused you to be worryful and fearful Of the times in which we live. As though God, when you think about it, you may not say this to yourselves, but when you think about it, uh, as fearful and as full of anxiety as we sometimes are, it is almost as if we're not sure if God still has control on, on, on his throne up there. But I want to remind you that the Lord is your helper. He is still in control. He is still on the throne. He still reigns. It is still true that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. It is still true that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus who loved you. It is still true that you have overcome the world through faith. I mentioned my little girls, even though they're not so little anymore, they're going to always be my babies. And every one of them, every one of them, when they were little, I remember it like it's yesterday. And every when they were little, they would sit on my lap. You know, they would hug my neck, and 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 each one of them, it's uncanny. Each one of them would begin to touch my face, my nose. It's almost like they're getting ready to sculpt, do a sculpture of me. 
you know, they would look at me. It was like they were just getting, it's like they were just getting ready to know, you know, that they were, they were just trying to know daddy. Touch, feel, face, the voice. And anytime there was danger around, anytime something made them a little nervous, they'd either get a death grip on daddy's leg or they would jump in daddy's lap, or they would jump in daddy's arms. And as long as they were in daddy's presence, they felt everything was going to be all right. They felt like daddy was the only help that they needed. Now, they argue with daddy now. So... <laughs> All right, don't cost yourself that Olive Garden lunch. But, uh, you know, so we don't, you know, they're getting older now. Uh, we, don't, we don't really have as much of that in that form. But whether they realize it or not, they still in their own ways do the very same thing. They come to dad whenever their heart is burdened and they want to talk. They come to dad whenever their heart is hurting and they need a hug. And they need encouragement. And they need the feeling that everything is going to be all right. They come to dad expecting dad to be their helper. And many times I, I am that help. And, many a time, and there are times when the help they need is beyond what daddy can give. You know, but I take, I, I, I think about those things. And I thought about this during this message. And I thought about how that childlike attitude, that childlike faith that will come to their daddy expecting with no doubt in their mind that daddy is their helper, that daddy is going to make everything all right, that with daddy by their side, their fears would subside. And I couldn't help but, I couldn't help but, but reach the conclusion that as Christians, as children of God, that's the same heart, the same attitude, the same approach that we should have with our heavenly father. We're grown. We should be able to handle these things. And we try to do it on our own a lot of times. But that's not the way to conquer the fears. That's not the way to conquer what you're confronted with. What God would have us do is to, he has his arms open, say, come to daddy. Come to daddy, baby. Seek my presence. Come grab a hold of my leg. Jump up in my arms. You can do it. Jump. You can make it. I'll I'll catch you. Don't be afraid 
of that person or that thing or that situation or that circumstance that fear is using to get a grip of your soul. Resist fear. I'm right here. I never left. I'm your heavenly father. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Take solace in that. Take comfort in that. Be confident in that. Of all the fathers that have ever walked the face of the earth, none of them is as faithful as I, says the Lord. Amen? So I'm going to ask you all to stand. And I'm going to remind you that the Lord, your heavenly father, is your helper. <laughs>